you are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. With superstar Wright Sulek, Doctor Senator President Wright Sulek. I thought it was Doctor Doctor Wright Sulek. Wait, what was the South Byte thing? <laughs> I, I was just watching uh, Fargo season four for the first time. I, oh, like, Doctor Senator. It so it's Doctor Senator. That's right. So we, so my wife and I, started calling the cat Doctor Senator Monkey. <laughs> And, and then it was like, the conversation continued, as it does. And then he became Dr. Senator President. He's like, hey, would you still say Senator after he's President? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah. Well, it's like Esquire. Like, there's yeah. a lot of things. You had Dr. Esquire. Uh, yeah. 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 Dr. Monkey. Sure. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Exactly. I, it's great to be here. It's great to be here again. He's just dropping shit already. Oh. This is the way the show is going to go. Oh, we're going to we're gonna oh. drop the mic. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Got a lot of good. Got a lot of bad. Got a lot of... <laughs> but I think most of the bad will be fun to talk about. So. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Uh, and we get to start with the bad, too. It's just going to be uh, rough. Oh, is it bad, though? Or is it just... Ahead of its time. Uh, no. <laughs> As he no, fingers the copy of it. He's I, like, I'm like, wait a minute. This is done in 19, 1997? Yeah, pre Oh, man. Pre-Mutos. So pre-mutos. You, you can hear this. Pre-Mutos, The Fallen Angel. Not post-Mutos. No, post pre. That, that's the sequel. That's so. the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a sequel. There probably is a sequel. I don't know. This is a German film. Uh, Apparently, this movie has a cult following. What? Yes. The 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 cult of Primutos? Yes, I guess so. And I kind of get it because I've seen ah. stuff so much worse than this that, that is sure. focused on gore that like yeah. has a cult following in the horror circles. I mean, like, you know, I'm in horror, horror circles and I watch stuff. I'm like, you guys must be fucking kidding me. This is terrible. Why would you give this any credit? And this one, <sighs> I'm going to give the credit to... That it felt like it was a bunch of people who really, really loved horror and really loved working in special effects. Yes. And them and all their friends were just like, let's just do this for fun and see what happens. And on that level- And then someone's like, what about the story? Like, shut shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. There's charm here. There is. The the special effects and the makeup effects in this is kind of fantastic for how low budget it is. Well, this director, Olaf Ittenbach- uh, had been working before this. Apparently, he had, has a horror movie called No Reason that I have not seen that mm. is considered to be one of his better films, I guess. Uh, what, <laughs> He's whatever. only done these two films. <laughs> no, apparently more <laughs> than that. But uh, so this is... Uh, it's Do you just want a, to describe it? <laughs> uh, uh, it is... Uh, you know, Satan? Yeah. I was like, well, fuck him. How about Primutos instead? 
There it is. I mean, that's the movie. I say what the plot is. It, it, it begins with this idea, with this, uh, this epic scene, I guess, with, um, it's like, it's like, uh, base in like the middle ages. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all fighting for no apparent reason. Cause it does not tell you exactly what the fuck's going on, except for a very monotone or trying to be, you know, just, and then in uh, the 1600s, yeah. Promutos came out of the fire. The idea is that like some shit has been going on for a long time with something like that has something to do with like a fallen. They're like Lucifer was not the original fallen angel. There were fallen angels before him. people were fired from heaven before Lucifer. They make a big deal about Lucifer because he's the one who got on Twitter and was loud about yeah, it. Like, people were fired before it was cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there was quite a few layoffs before Satan. I guess Prebutos was one of those guys. And, he, you know, he's pissed. And his whole thing is that. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Is Premutos pissed? Because I don't know. Actually, the com- story does not really explain. He comes back every couple of centuries possessing the same actor. And yes. in different roles. Sort of. Really wildly unsuccessfully tries to start a zombie apocalypse. Like over and over again. <laughs> like wildly unsuccessfully. Like this is. A really incompetent fallen angel. There's no wonder we know about Luz for more than Premutas, because Premutas like, aha, zombies, and they just blow his head off, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, okay, so much for that zombie apocalypse. Let's move on. And so the film goes through a sort of like, oh, in the stages of things. Well, it's as if everyone in the movie saw Evil Dead. Like, all you got to do is just like bust, you know, bash the brain in, and it's done. And you're like, oh, okay, and they do that, and you're like, oh. Okay, what? Wait, now what? And like, well, there's at least another ninety minutes of crap. Well, the, it goes into like modern ish day 1997 i think 1997 germany yeah. happened germany and like oh look at you know it's a, it's a normal family and what have you and okay. a book that's a necronomicon except it looks like it's made out of breakfast cereal <laughs> <laughs> also you said normal family yeah. this is not a normal not family. a normal family no they're, they're more of a john waters family to be fair Oh, 100%. That's exactly what they are. Because the the main guy is this 37-year-old child who's like, God damn it, Mom, where are my soccer jerseys? And also his sister... I, 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 I don't know what's going on there. Like, it seems... It's super vulgar. It seems very German. That's the thing. I mean, nothing against German people, but it's it feels very German. Where they're like, "What?" So she's into S and M, and everyone's cool with it. And the stepdad is like, basically, uh, God, like a hobbit. Like he's like a dwarf from any of the Lord of the Rings movies, (laughs) and uh, and he is just like loves guns. Which he and he's he's like an asshole because he's always ragging on the the son who is basically the main character. And then the movie's like. And, uh, there's, there's also a lot of characters that you think like, oh, they're going to save the day. And they're just unceremoniously killed immediately. They're like, oh, so this is like a Peter Jackson. It is a Peter Jackson movie. Well, it's decidedly influenced by Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. No question. That whole last 20 minutes of the movie where they're fighting. Was it only 20? It felt like 35. I feel like that's the reason to watch this film though. Is like, yeah, you could like just watch that part and go like, wow, I want to see the rest of this movie. This is kind of cool. No, you don't. don't. There's a a lot of like the pretentious (laughs) opening credits with like animation and stuff. Like it's a Neil Gaiman story or something of like a mythology. I'm like, oh my God, okay. But I get it. I do. Like it's absurd, but it is just a gorehound 
dream in some ways and other ways a nightmare yeah because the core is like sometimes really good and it, sometimes it's fucking terrible oh well, yeah it's just like you know they do almost like um they'll go back and forth of like when we were kids and we we're playing guns and you get you know like and you like you fall backwards there's no like squids you just like have to and use your yeah. imagination they do those things and then every now and then they'll go full like fucking hellraiser in like one oh, scene you're yeah. like holy shit like where was this the entire time yeah, this goes when it wants to it goes really crazy with the gore yeah like this is and this is just for gore hounds totally this totally only for because it wants to be funny it's not funny it, it's uh, <laughs> it's just it's funny in its ineptitude it's like uh it, it's so it's, it's almost like i said that's part of the charm it's kind of inept but you're like, see what they're aiming at. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. You tried to make this work. It, I think uh, so. I watched this with uh, Eric uh, Samaniego from Trash in the Can, uh, Arizona. Uh, what is that? Uh, is that us, a show? Uh, dot dad, uh, every okay. Tuesday okay. Uh, at 7 p.m. Central. Every and other so, Tuesday. <laughs> every other Tuesday. And uh, we were both equally confused and angry and kind of delighted by the whole thing because we were just like, what the fuck is going on because it really does not hold your hand because it doesn't know what a hand is i guess and uh it just and it cuts d- it right off it just cuts it right off because you're like hey you want a story fuck you and I'm like whoa <laughs> hold on i wanted to watch your movie and like oh no you don't because <laughs> and it's also it is also a fl- i okay earn unearthed films unearthed classics i guess release this and this is the most flagrant false advertising i've ever seen because and sorry unearth films but and also good on you for doing this because the cover the slip cover yeah is this like gorgeous photoshop of a fallen angel with hellfire yeah. raining down behind it's, him it's it's better effects it. than anything in yeah the it looks amazing and then you take it out and you're like is this trauma like yeah then it looks like a trauma just happened yeah, yeah it, and it's the stepdad and it, it looks ridiculous Yep. But good on them. Once it gets to the, towards the end, though, I was just like, okay, I'm actually kind of having fun with this. I mean, because it's just so stupid and over the top. It's just like, it's when I say it's like 20, 30 minutes of gore, that's, I don't mean with breaks. I mean, like, just non stop. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, where really. the zombies come out and there's hundreds of them and it's a handful of survivors, but who have shit tons of weapons. And so it's just, an, what, what it, wouldn't it be cool if we took, see what happened if we use this weapon on a zombie? <laughs> and then literally there's a Sherman tank. <laughs> Which I was kind of like, where the fuck did this come Sherman from? Sherman tank versus zombies. I'm just like, okay, it's, all right. That's the thing that just happened in this movie. It's just so weird how. Again, what it thinks about its characters, because you think you're following one character the entire time, and the movie's like, nah, I'm done with him. Yeah. And uh, and then it's like, oh, this is the character we're watching now? Like, okay. And then it kind of earns it if you really think about it. And that's not the type of movie this is, because yeah. you don't need to think about it much, but it it forces you. It's like, no, no, th- this guy, he's the ultimate badass, like the nerd. And like... <laughs> Okay. It's charmingly incompetent is what I'll give it. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this guy has made other movies, believe it or not. But you know what? And believe it, we are not going to see them. We're not going to see them. (laughs) There are extra features, but I don't have them on the list. Oh, oh. There is... Oh, well, most of it is actually the, the original version with the English dub, which if you're going to ever watch this movie, watch it with the English dub because it has a three 
same male actors and I guess the one female that would just going to do the voices and it is ridiculous because <laughs> there's it's great in like any of the mob scenes when there's like more than three people in a scene yeah and it's the same voice it's like hey don't do that hey you don't do that oh, the hey, do, is, do that the is a riot it's man. crazy bad <laughs> And uh, there's a making of Primutos, which I did not watch. And uh, and then also the director, I guess it has some kind of feature, right? Where it's the early years, are like working himself up to this. A photo gallery, <laughs> trailers, and the and also the Blu-ray comes with the original soundtrack on CD. Oh, always cracks me up. Which is great. And I'm almost like, oh, wow. Somebody I, wants that. Yeah, because this also insinuates that like, a lot of Blu-ray players, at least like the PS5, for some reason doesn't play CDs. So I'm like, yeah. I can't listen to your soundtrack, Olaf. Yeah. A physical copy? Yeah. I was like, CD? No one has that anymore. Why don't they just put USBs in these things? I wish it just came with a vinyl, like just yeah. attached yeah, to it. Nobody's going to do a vinyl. <laughs> no, that's a step even further backwards. To be oh, fair. that's crazy? Yeah. No, just put a USB in it. Like, put a digital code. You can download it or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I don't you're, need a hard copy If CD. you're so inclined to like, yeah, I kind of like the movie, but that soundtrack was kicking right it's like put a cassette i don't give a fuck put a ca- i i would have been fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> i mean that would have been like wow this movie is so dumb but they put an a track in there let's do this well unearth put out another film that is the reason i got sent this i did not ask for oh this. Uh, i got sent sent it because i asked for this film called tokyo decadence which i've heard about for years mm-hmm. this is one of the legendary japanese pink films which is a which is what they call their erotica you know oh yeah i remember and, that term yeah i've seen a not even a handful of those that i'm like okay there's something to this it's pretty good but it's not really my thing mm. it's not my niche i get it there are people who believe me there's like a, thousands of these fucking things especially in the 80s and 90s oh, i'm really? like i've watched barely any of them and what i've seen i'm like this is boring. And uh, Tokyo Decadence uh, <laughs> shows that in spades. Well, I mean, this is one of the ones that is known as sort of like maybe the most popular in some circles of the Japanese pink really? films from this era. Oh, yeah. This is widely regarded as one of the best ones. It might be because of the writer-director uh, more than anything else. Were you Murakami? Yeah. Yeah. Who, it's like... Novelist, short story writer, essayist, filmmaker. Uh, you might know his uh, novel uh, that was made into a movie called Audition. <laughs> yeah, he's a, a multiple award-winning creator. There's something at the core of this film that is really interesting, no question. Yes. It's just that the film itself takes forever to get to it, and it's kind of dull unless you're really titillated by S&M stuff. That or if you if you just have the I, the the problem with the movie is that it takes itself very seriously and it is really trying to come across as I I, I guess it comes across as just super pretentious and because uh, there are moments in it where I I was just baffled by some of the shots where there was a point where the main uh, the the main character is driving in a car in a back seat and then it just shows the the like the what is it the the trees the cherry trees or something like that just her driving past them and the shot stays on it for so long like am i what am i getting out of this i was like i don't know what the fuck i'm why am i watching and it's still going on I for like 10 like 15 a cultural seconds divide here that i'm just like okay i don't know what you're maybe getting at maybe but like it follows a 22 year old college female college student in tokyo who works as a prostitute for an ex escort agency that exclusively goes to like very wealthy like she's like a top tier prostitute yeah you know like not not one of those like i'm on the street 
married. She's like, she's a call girl who gets only calls. There's like an office. Through an agency yeah. for like the richest fucking dudes who are into like weird fucking fantasy situations. Uh, and the first, God, like hour of this film is just that. She goes to, there's four different clients she goes to and there's like, and they're really graphic. It's not quite triple X, but it is X. Uh, I mean, there's no penetration. Yeah, but, so it's X. It's as close because you see peen. Do you see peen? Yeah, oh, there's you peen. See, there's yeah. peen. Yeah. So it's really. <laughs> Can we close. talk about that? Where it's like peen? No peen. I don't remember. It, it's really close. It's like <laughs> right on the border of triple. I mean, it is. I mean, there. the the material is extremely explicit. It's where like, it's just like, oh my god, she's using dildos pretty graphically. There's like a lot of stuff with like sadomasochism, yeah. sodomy of various types, yeah. bondage. Um, yeah, it. I mean, it's not gross. I, I mean, that would be a judgment call on me, an ethics call on me. I mean, quite like, honestly, it just ends up becoming very boring. <laughs> it just ends up becoming really boring. I'm like, wow, I never thought anything so like to the far edge of kink could be so dull. But here we are. That's the thing is that they just just linger on so many things where I'm just like, has this guy heard of an editor before? But then the last third of the film, last 30 minutes is just like changes into her going like, Oh, well I want to find the guy who used to be the guy I was in love with. Who's yeah. Like gallery yeah. Dude. And like, wait, what is happening? Why did this go from this to this? I mean, I'm glad it changed pace. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, why is this shit still going on? Yeah. And there's suddenly like, wait, and now here's a plot. Like, I, I didn't know what that I, I I feel like I understand what they're trying to go for is that she is she doesn't want to do what she's doing anymore and she's trying to grasp on to her past life to where then she meets another woman who I guess is doing sort of the same thing but she's a little bit more older yeah. who it was a like a famous singer or something like that but now the town thinks that she's crazy and there's that weird thing with her like finding like a fortune teller or tells her you need to find a pink stone and I'm like it feels like there's whoa I don't remember that you remember like she's like, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> She goes like, you need to find this pink stone and make it into a ring. And she like has finds one and gets it made into a ring. And like, I, like, nope. like this is the way the I, like one of those like if you do that, then your future will be better. I don't know. It's a weird little moment that happens in between the sequences that's very fast. And then you're like, okay, what did that even mean? And I don't oh, know because that's why she's also trying to get her ring back from the yes. first group that is like really intense. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I guess it does. I, I mean, don't know. there's this is gorgeously shot, no question. Yeah, it's really well I mean, shot. If you really want to watch, if you really like, you know, S and M type stuff, and that's not meant for me to be dismissive at all, because there's certainly a lot of people who really find this sort of stuff erotic. It's yeah. really erotic, you know, in yeah. that sense. It's just not for me. It's not to my taste. I, I think that the again the thing that we at least both agree on is that just the presentation of it because this stuff could be very interesting in the hands of like David Cronenberg or yeah a hell I don't know Crash, like a, crashes of crash yeah an amazing work of art by but Cronenberg this this is it just uh, uh, music it, is by an Academy Award winning composer Ryoichi Sakamoto see it has all the ingredients it's just yeah. the presentation of it and maybe it's because the uh it's gloriously made it's just in boring terms of the look it's just nothing happens yeah yeah okay. that's the problem that it comes across is that it's it's just teetering on the edge of uh it, it edges us into being very boring and very pretentious we're just not the guys for this and i get it there are people this is clearly for because it has a huge cult following um and this is the first time it's been on blu-ray 
in North America. There's a making up featurette for about eight minutes, which is an older archival featurette, uh, stills gallery, the original Japanese, German trailers, and then trailers for other stuff from the, the same company. But yeah, you know, I, this like is just, pre-mutos. Yeah, like pre-mutos. <laughs> this is not for me. We're going to move on to something that I think we both enjoyed to a certain extent, which is Jigsaw, mm-hmm. which is a 1962 British film that is kind of like, the British law and order predating all of that stuff. This is a <laughs> straight up, like, you know, detective story that's done completely through that sort of like, oh, we're following the detectives, we're taking them every step. It's just them like watching how they procedurally go through all yes. these things. And to some people, I get no, I know quite, I've read a lot, I read a lot of reviews of this one because I was very mixed about how I felt about this at first. Oh, really? Who were like, this is so dry. I'm like, I'm kind of fascinated by it because I've watched so many versions of this in the American context. Like Zodiac by Fincher is a good example. Yeah. Like or even a like very a, a very toned down version of True Detective or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But this is a very British version of it. And, and, and all the way back in 1962, which this is not a common way of doing a story like this. No. And it's. They, they had to neat. get the they had to get the permission from the actual uh, town, or like or or they worked very closely with uh, the police force to see exactly how this was done, and they're like, yeah, that's really fucking accurate. And it's directed by Val Guest, who is like a pretty major British director who mm-hmm. done a lot of big stuff, but he's probably always going to be best known for his uh the his films, the Quatermass Experiment, and the sequel to it, uh, which were really huge sci fi films. And oh, I haven't seen them. Um, most people in America have not. It's funny. I've talked to my friend in Britain. who's like, yeah, this is like, if you live in Britain, you've seen the Quatermass experiment. It's oh, really? Like black and white sci-fi film. If you live in America, you probably have not unless you pursue this type of thing. But so much shit was influenced by it. No question. Uh, we actually, weren't you on the review for Espresso Bongo? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I, like, I recognized his name. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of loved this movie. I thought it was so much fun and interesting. And I I dig this kind of stuff. I dig like police procedurals. Now, granted, I'm not a huge Law and Order fan, but you know me, The Wire, baby. And and just them working through this and going through all the clues, all the leads, trying to figure this out. And what I really appreciated about it is the script is sharp as shit. Like the the two lead detectives, like their banter back and forth, even when it's like a very, you know, intense subject about a murder, they're just like, I don't know. Like they were so charming and great. And like, you could see the relationship, even though like one's older, who's trying to retire. It's very much like a seven S kind of idea. Yeah. And, uh, it's a really dark find It's like, yeah, the, the, the woman they find here, like it's just dismembered and, and cut up and put into a crate. And they're yeah. like, Oh shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then from there, it's just like, it doesn't follow. Like you have no idea who the killer is. Right. No, as no. an audience member, you're like, no clue, but this is really different from like a lot of people at the time compared it to Agatha Christie. Uh, but it's so different from that because Agatha Christie would know who all the suspects were right off the bat. That yeah. was a very Agatha Christie. This is like, they have no clue. They're like, I don't even know who to talk to. And they just kind of talk to people and then it falls flat. The one thing I'll say about this is that the ending is kind of like, okay, now it's over. It's like, uh, oh, we found the guy. Okay, there he is. Yeah. Well, and the guy's they, like, fuck you. I did it. That's right. Yeah. But but, uh, but, but I, what I love that they they talk about with the ending, though, is that uh, it really is like the last moment of the film. They're just like, oh. Yeah. Because they, they even have that like 
light bulb moment where they're just like, fuck, how do we prove that he uh, actually committed the murder rather than it, him saying it was an accident? Right. And they see something that g- tips them both off. Like, well, I guess we're not going to have that beer now. And I was <laughs> like, fucking A. Like, I loved that ending. I thought it was so clever and great the way that they presented that. And then, like, you don't need to know the rest. Like, they, they got it. They solved it. I love that there's a lot it of... It felt very 12 Angry Menish. Yeah, okay. The I can ending. see that. Yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, characters in here that are just extreme personalities in England, like poor people and stuff that are really playing it to the hilt, and there's oh, so I much love fun the, to watch. Oh, I love the the delivery boys. Like, oh, oh. I, I have a photograph of memory. I, I remember everything. But then again, I don't remember colors because I'm colorblind. <laughs> yes. It's fun. And it's short. It's like 107 minutes. Yeah, 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 it's and it's a breeze too. If you think that like, oh, this is gonna be very just like long winded and like, man, they like go to scenes left and right, trying because they're trying. They they don't have that much time. That they need to figure out who the fuck did this, and so they don't waste any time at all. It's so so interesting the way they present this, and they go and when they introduce new characters, like okay, they're getting there, and then it just fall. The leads fall flat. You're like, oh fuck. I, I suspect people who are like fans of classic. Anglo Anglophiles, you know, yeah. like are gonna really like this a lot because, mm-hmm. like I said, there's so many different types of like characters in this, and there's a lot of great interplay back and forth between these characters. Mm-hmm. It's not like an all time classic. I don't want to fool you and think that it is because it's not, but. It is a really diverting excursion into this period of British film. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the time, this sort of stuff is so boring. And this is not boring. No. It's fun. I, I, I yeah. My, my thought around all of this is that it's a, it was a pleasant surprise after watching Primutos and, uh, <laughs> Tokyo Decadence. I was like, hey, this one's actually not that bad. Well, we're going to move into the last one that you saw before, uh, right before we, we Fuck started, me. which is a 1996 British a period drama film directed by the legendary Michael Winterbottom. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I was like, ooh, I really want to see this. Who and did I've always Welcome seen to Sarajevo, this poster. 24 Hour Party People, uh, Wonderland. He's done just so many big films. Uh, and this is based on a Thomas Hardy book, a book called Jude the Obscure from 1895. I mm-hmm. believe it's, it was his last thing. I, I don't know for remember. sure. I know it was like serialized and uh, I was starting to read about but it. But more importantly, it was a very early film for actors Christopher Eccleston and Kate Winslet. Yeah. And Liam Cunningham, who's almost unrecognizably young. And David Tennant has a little cameo in it. Has a tiny cameo yeah, in it. There's two like, Doctor Who's in this shit. Doctor Who's in this. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, even watched what? Doctor Who and I was like, I did the uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio thing and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, hey! Right there! <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but this is a Victoria period jude is played by eccleson he's a very very smart lower class guy but who is fascinated by the idea of like becoming a universal uh, university, university man. Guy, uh, more man. than who he was born to be right and that's the thing is like this is very into like it's almost impossible for a guy because of your birth to be able right. to even do that uh he is finds himself forced into being a mason and then marrying a like a hot country girl but who is like a little bit more about like fucking than she is about relationships yeah oh uh, man the scene when she's like cutting the, uh, the pig up i was like oh uh, yeah. god damn sunday <laughs> fuck me <laughs> <laughs> but it's like she ends up like saying like ah fuck it i'm out here just disappears and like hey it's not your fault but i'm gone and like yeah okay and he's kind of glad and he's like all right i'm going to the city and he goes to the university uh he's like i'm gonna work hard. I'm going to work really hard and I get here and apply to this. 
And there he meets his cousin, Sue, played by Kate Winslet, who is also really smart and ridiculously good looking because she's Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, maybe. Yeah. And uh, who, like him, is kind of like, I don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah, I don't like people telling me what like my my destiny is when yeah. I can choose that and well, and saying because of my birthright like that's what I'm just supposed what the to system do. says because this is who I should be. Yeah, uh, but they clearly really want to fuck. Like right they just the like yeah, just that but they're cousins, attractions. They're, but cousins. they're cousins, and they even comment on that. Like, can cousins love each other or be yeah. married? And then, like, I don't know. You tell me. Aren't you cousins? But regardless, she ends up marrying like his former former school teacher, uh, played by Liam Cunningham. Which he does introduce them, and I bet he would like oh, fuck me. Yeah, what did I do? What am I doing? And uh, you know. This is an awkward situation, but they're like, he's still obsessed with her. He, she's still obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I don't want to spoil anything because I think that this is a really good story. I really do. I think it it's is really interesting to follow all the ups and downs of both these characters throughout their life because they do. They go through all these ups and downs. Suffice it to say, they do eventually end up together. And wow, if you're thinking this is a film about like two idealist like young people who like despite all convention come together and finally have their true love no that door floating on the fucking uh, <laughs> uh on the icy uh, waters uh, I, as I, the ship goes down is waiting for you in this one as well because boy does this take a dark fucking turn and i'll tell you that i I, it took me a little while to adjust to it because I was like, God damn it, I was so rooting for this couple in this film because I was yeah, really yeah. liking this and I really like the whole like non-conventionalist stance and it's very intellectual and smart that it goes to this really goddamn fucked up. I don't mean just a character dying or anything. I mean like their philosophies changing based on uh, yeah, their life yeah. events and going like, no, no, what are you doing? It was bad enough the shit that happened and now you're a dick? Like a, a horrible person? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was really mad. And so I did a lot of reading about it and I was like, okay, well, Thomas Hardy was famously uh, the church sucks. People telling you what to do sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a whole thing designed to make you feel this way, to be mad, because none of the shit would have happened if it wasn't for the way that people are programmed by what they think they're supposed to do and supposed to react. And right. more, very specifically, the church. Yeah. I'm saying like that idea like, oh, something bad happened to you? That's because God is judging you for what you've done. It's like, and that's him, your fault. And him shitting all over that. So yeah. it was like, this is a very angry diatribe of a story yeah. adapted into a film. And I think it's a very good film. It's gorgeously done. I was thinking about it, how, uh, like, Michael Wernerbottom just is like, wow, you, I forget, you do really intense movies. Even if, like, 24 hour party people can be kind of, like, quote unquote fun. Yeah. But it's still like, holy fuck, like, this is still kind of a whirlwind of a movie. Yeah. And this is too even though like i've always seen the cover of this movie and like like just just because of it's like this this gorgeous like uh thing of like the the two actors kissing each other what's annoying that they have like the 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 two like photoshop i always hate that and then it says christopher eccleston over kate Kate winslet Winslet Winslet, i was like that's like what really that that irritates the shit out of me drives me up the wall but what the fuck the um and I never thought about watching it and then finally watching it now. I even honestly, before I put it on, I'm like, okay, here we go. And then it immediately grabbed me 
And yeah. uh, and it's a really great story. Like the two actors are incredible in this. Yes. And when it does take that like that left turn, I'm like, ho oh, ho okay, this is a lot different than I thought it was going to be. And um and yeah, like even reading a little bit more about like what the 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 book was about, like why they don't like cut shit out of this. Wait, so like, you were like me, you immediately finished this and went like. I got to read about the source material and yeah. the way that this was received and what it was about. Yeah, it was this, heavily criticized because it was just like scandalous. Because you felt angry at the end of this film. Oh, yeah. You're just like, it's, but you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and it's extremely effective. I was thinking about like, I wonder if this would be a good like romantic date movie. I'm like, yeah, no, no not really. It's, uh, it's more of a drama. Like, hey, do you want to feel bad tonight? Unless Let's- your date is like... <laughs> like I, I've, I've, I'm a, I'm a accredited member of the Church of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember unfortunately uh, having one of my girlfriends at the time years and years ago, and she was actually Russian. And I was like, hey, you know what? I think you might like this. Let's watch Eastern Promises. And by the end of it, she was crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! And I was like, "Oh, that was not the right yeah. move." I mean, it didn't even matter. She was Russian. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Eastern promises. Look, look. I thought everyone else likes David Cronenberg as much as I do. I understand. <laughs> I, I do really understand. But yeah, I think this is wonderful. It's just yeah. not for everybody. But if you're looking for a really smart, uh, it's Packs a, a punch drama. Pun- yeah, it yeah. really is good. I think like. If you are somebody like, like, I like romance. I just hate the triacliness of romance. Oh, this is for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- this is, this is a romance that is just like, like, it's not a will they won't thing. It's just like, God damn it. Like, the, and you could feel the characters really wanting this to work. Yeah. And it's just like, again, this like social conventions of like them being cousins, but also about what they should do with their lives and, and all this shit. Eccleton said he thinks it's the best film. He it's the best film. I saw yeah. that too. It's like, yeah. I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dark, good. Dark world right under that. Yeah. Uh, huh? but, uh, uh, well, sure. He's so great <laughs> in it. Wait, he was in that? Uh, <laughs> Nathan would uh, be like, come on, guys. At least he's finally going to agree to come back and do Doctor Who again. So. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Apparently he finally gave up and it's like, fine. My career is like not going anywhere. I'll do Doctor Who again. Uh, apparently yeah. everybody's coming back. Like there's a, a, a one-off episode coming up on Doctor, uh, Doctor Who, which will feature Tenant and, um, Catherine, uh, I forget her name. Uh, oh, the redhead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That the, the, there's going to be a whole episode with them again, and no, everyone's like, "Wait, really?" And they're like, they both confirmed it, said, "Yeah, this is actually happening," but they oh, wow. tell the details. I, I have a feeling that Russell T. Davies' return to Doctor Who is going to res- going to be a very nostalgic return and bringing back characters. Man, I wish I knew what those things meant. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move on to our next one, which is called well. Depending on when you saw it or where you saw it, the living dead at Manchester morgue, it's probably better known as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, which is when I first encountered it. Oh, really? It's a 1974 Spanish-Italian sci-fi zombie horror film written and directed by Jorge Grau that was a direct response to Night of the Living Dead. Like, you watch the bonus features on this Blu-ray, and you're like, oh, there's a feature-length documentary of all things. <laughs> oh, the, oh, I didn't even see yeah, that. Wow. Which is like... Oh shit! And I, I I did not expect to be interested enough in this film to watch it because you I said you've seen it before and you're yeah. like, Meh. I I'm saw like, this like, years ago and went like, eh. yeah. And like I'm one of the other guys at Digital Noise, John Golson, saw it set on the shelf of upcoming. He's like, oh man, don't make me watch that. I saw it. A couple you're like, of, yeah, it's okay. I'll make right watch. I saw this. it a couple <laughs> years ago. Saw it a couple years ago, and I I just 
like it's not terrible, but I don't get what all the fuss is about. Mm. I was like, yeah, I felt that way too. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck, I'm gonna rewatch it. I don't know what drugs I was or wasn't on when I saw it before because I thought this was great. It was a lot better <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. And it is almost uh, at certain points a beat per, by beat like Night of Living Dead. Uh, like, it's not beat for by beat, but it's clearly deeply in I mean, the but. end is just kind of like, okay. Uh, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's really interesting the way that it gets everything said because it is kind of a slower-ish burn until like like it goes from zero to 60 at one point. You're like, Oh, holy yeah. shit. Uh, like the, the premutos like gore effects here. It's just like, Oh, hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause there is a point where they're like, these zombies are killing this nurse. I was like, Jesus Christ. I haven't seen that before. Uh, it was kind of intense at points. So, I, I like that the, the setup of the two main characters here is just so fucking random and stupid. And you're just kind of like, wait, what? Why are you guys even riding together? Where it's, it's like, a it, dude, it, it, this is a meet cute. When you is, back into a motorcycle, the, the guy, he gets in your car and then he wants to go, to go with you and then the zombies occur. Yeah, the dude George is like a hippie kind of guy. Like, he's like sort of hippie, like George Carlin hippie, you know? Which, uh, with the yeah, big beard definitely stuff. George Carlin yeah. hippie. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's on a motorcycle and this girl's like, oh, backs into his car at a gas station like oh i'm so sorry he's like well now you owe me a ride and she's like uh okay i mean it is a good first draft of kind of like a uh, of a screenplay like young writers like oh yeah that makes sense but then she's like okay but then you have to drive my car to take me to where i'm going wait what okay so she her destination is to go visit her sister who's got a bunch of like marriage issues and stuff yeah uh uh, they end up there, but they end up in this d- dead end road and like looking for the house. And he's like, okay, well, there's like a series of stones to jump across to get there. And he's like, well, you can't take cars. So stop here. I'll do it. And meanwhile, like somebody comes up to the car. He's like, a zom- clearly a zombie. He's like, ah. You're bearing the lead. Well, why the zombies occurred yeah, theoretically is yeah. that there is uh, the, the main guy. He is trying to get directions. He goes up to this farmer and he sees in the field, these other guys, like these technicians have this new, like, um, pest control thing that are ba- yeah. basically sound, s- sound radiation or something like that, yeah. uh, where they make insects kill each other. And that's yeah. how like you clean the crops that way. And like, okay. And then of course the, the guy, it, the very beginning of the movie plays a very heavy hand and just like pollution burn. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we know. But of course that's the whole kind of back subtext of the entire movie right and so this radiation is like that's radiation you shouldn't do that like yeah. it's sound it's radiation ecologically even ecological even though you're like by today's standards you're like if they really did find a way to by audio means do things it could it's like literally would be a huge deal ecologically in a positive way or like, the government would be like oh sign me up like, uh, no chemicals just sound like this is just so like naive but i, I also kind of liked it that even the guy's like it's just sound and yeah. i'm like no but it's killing us I mean, or something you know, the moment you see it you're like this is what's gonna cost us up. which yeah. i was kind of confused though because i thought i was like oh that's it and then though the guy had this little like little totem that he carried with them the entire time. I don't know time. what that was. About. I don't know what that was. Anyway, I thought that was the thing that caused the zombies. I was like, wait, is it the radiation and the totem? Like, what's going on the here? The upshot is they're in like a tiny town. George is like, I just need to get the fuck out of here. I have a job. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's always something keeping him from that because like the girl he's with is like, uh, 
Edna is like, no, but you have to do this in one other thing. I'm still unclear why he has to do anything because she's the one who backed into his motorcycle. Yeah. It's just like, wait, well, how would you get in this situation? I mean, he's clearly attracted to her, but still. Oh, they're both but they're young bitching, and hot. They but they're love bitching each at each other constantly, or he's bitching at her constantly. And she's like, yes, I know. I'm sorry. They're regular Jude and Sue Foley. <laughs> Call but, back to Jude. But b- before you hate you. Oh, no, no. Don't no. kill that zombie. Don't kill. <laughs> you don't know he where might he's been. Because be. he bites everybody. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the upshot is these aren't like regular people. It's not like a get bit turned into a zombie type thing. It's if you die, you're going to turn into a zombie because the sound thing uh, can make yeah. you like if you're recently dead is what it establishes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, there's like a morgue. Easy way of saying, oh, yeah. The morgue. The morgue. There's yeah, a scene in the morgue. Uh, the idea <laughs> being is like, we don't want to spend money on a bunch of effects, zombie effects. So they, they're all like recently dead. I, I was seriously at one point like, where the fuck is the Manchester morgue? And then it was like, oh, there it is. Dude, I think the real plus of this film is that well first off it's got a kind of cool score background effects score thing it does yeah the zombies are great in this movie oh my god they're so fucking creepy they're really creepy because there's a lot of like nude ones and like ones because they're all they're either all in the morgue or like they're all like pretty gnarly looking and then when they kill you i'm like holy christ this is it's just the performance though yeah the performances are like these really intense eyed things they're just like and you're you find yourself asking during the movie like what are they what are the rules here for the zombies like how smart are they and there's uh, that's true weird thing with like oh well it's not the normal way like they have to put human blood on a recently dead person to work which is weird whatever but i don't remember that part yeah there's a whole thing like you won't turn unless they're because there's a thing where like the guy takes blood from a recently dead human and puts on the eyelids of a recently dead guy and then they're ever able to rise but anyway and they're also very allergic to fire <laughs> so it's kind of a Frankenstein. What zombie thing. isn't? But this is good, man. It's creepy. The characters are kind of fun and ridiculous. Yeah. I, mean, I had a really good time. I had a fun time with this. And the, the, the practical effects and the makeup effects in this, it, like once it gets into the, like the 60 hour mark or 60 hour, 60 minute mark, when it gets into like, say, which, <laughs> what? I watched the 18 hour version. This is eight seasons of the living dad, <laughs> Manchester Morgan. Uh, but when it gets to that point and then it just finally like shows its cards of like what they really want to do with this, like, yeah. holy hell. Cause I, I know I referenced it already, but like the scene where they kill that nurse, I was like, wow. That is obscenely graphic. Dude, the last 30, 40 minutes of this is like brutal, man. Yes. They just like, yeah, there's the whole hospital attack thing. Fuck. It's like, oh, this is, I mean, I think it's going to depend on your like, how willing you are to go like, this is a little dated, certainly by today's sure. standards. But this was way ahead of its time considering what anybody else was doing. And it didn't feel stuff. like the, the, the goofy, um, like uh, exploitation, like Italian exploitation movies, no. where it was just like, uh, uh, like the almost like pinkish orange blood or something like that. And I was like, no, this yeah. is uh, this it's is actually a lot better than that. Pretty brutally gory, effectively gory. Like yeah. the only other film around the same time that you know, other than the obvious ones like Dawn of the Dead and what have you, that was coming out. That's like, ooh, this is another one to check out. Is Lindsay's Nightmare City, which we've reviewed on Digital Noise. Oh before, yeah, which is a pretty solid little like zombie film. But it has that sort of like, oh, everything's too bright, mm-hmm. the blood's too bright, what have you. This is, I get why this is a big like cult hit and why people yeah. like, return to it. And uh, this got released in 2020 by Synapse initially, and they 
ported all of those extra uh, features over into this version, including two commentary tracks. Uh, there's a feature length documentary, which is 89 minutes. I mentioned earlier about the career of the director and is really interesting. There's a 15 minute featurette on the special effects and makeup guy, Gianetto De Rossi. Uh, and, uh, then he sits down for that, that guy sits down for 40, 43 minute Q and A at the UK festival of fantastic oh, yeah, films yeah. in 2019. And then of course, trailers, TV sh- spots and all that. But yeah, this is way more fun than I remembered it being. I, I, to the point where I was like, is this the movie I watched before? Cause I was yeah, like, I'm kind I of surprised. I wonder what, like what you're really w- bored. I was like, did I watch a movie that was, that somebody put the wrong movie into the case or something? I mean, it, it honestly might be the, the first again, 45 minutes or so. Cause it, it, it really does take its time to get there. Cause yeah. it really builds. That's what I really give this movie credit for. Is it even though for how hokey it is in the end, uh, it builds the characters up a lot better than other like, horror fodder and there's gothic elements of it that are just genuinely fucking haunting and creepy in terms of the cinematography the 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 sister character and her husband like that whole thing and just like there's it's almost like there's no reason why like the sister she's a heroin addict a spoiler uh but like it doesn't matter because they tell you they establish Uh, characters like her yeah and and just later on you're like you really feel real like like emotion on some of like, Oh shit, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it does actually really well character building. Yeah. And, uh, and even like what happens to the two characters in the end, you're just like, fuck me. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. This is a little hidden gem. Yeah. It that? really is a little hidden gem. Yeah. Yeah. Wild things. <laughs> wow. You want to take that again? Wild things. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do Duran Duran, but I don't know. It's not Duran Duran. Wild they boys. Did- they have wild boys. Oh, I don't know that? that. No, I don't like Duran Duran. You're wrong. I, I am not wrong. Yeah. As any, You're wrong. No one in their right mind was like, oh, man, I love Duran Duran. Okay, come on. They had so many good songs. Yeah, there was that one and there was that no, other. Like Rio, Hungry Like the Wolf, You to a Kill. No, nah, you're so having many. a seizure. I don't know no, what you're saying anymore. No, they're amazing. You're having fits. I don't I'm know sorry. what's going on here. You're, you're totally wrong. Wild Things is not Wild Boys. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> this is 1998 Neo Noir. I love that term, Neo Noir. because it's Surf Noir. As they coined it in this movie now. Really? I, I was doing a lot of research because, because this is my first time ever seeing Wild Things. I'm so the happy whole, for The you. whole thing. I, I've seen. So happy for I've it. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, of course. Am I right, guys? You, you've seen, you've seen the clips. I've the seen Denise the clips. Richards clips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all did. We everyone. It's, it's not just like a guy thing. Like everyone has seen oh. this movie. Dude, it's dude, just those clips. Dude, you've seen like in the trailer. There are scenes of like Denise Richards and Nev Campbell making out. With yeah, Matt, with with uh, Matt Dillon like going coming into the scene. You're like, this is a commercial Hollywood release. Oh yeah, what the fuck is this? This movie is crazy, <laughs> dude. I love this movie, and I have to admit, <laughs> watching this for the first time. I kind of like it. Yes, it's really good. And you know what good. I just did? I just did an impression of Matt Dillon in There's Something About Mary. Because nice. when she's like, when he's like, I kind of like her. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, I kind of liked this movie. And it's it's oddly better than I ever thought it was going oh, to be. yes. Isn't it, though? It, it's, it's, it's oddly good. I, I saw this back in the day when it came out in theaters. I saw this again when it came out on like VHS, I guess. I, I uh, saw like, this on Pornhub. <laughs> I saw, uh, <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> the thing is that, like, as 
lascivious as this film is and make no mistake it most certainly is part of the product of this point in the late 90s when hollywood was putting out a lot of these you know in the wake of basic instinct and stuff like this, yes, these yes. sort of like big stars doing very sexy oh movies. yeah big stars like your matt dillon's and kevin bacon's oh they were big stars was Matt Dillon really a big star ever? Do, do you really want to look at his career? Because I yeah. know his career, and it's not as big as you think. Uh, I think you're wrong, sir. The Let's biggest star in this movie and... was probably Nev Campbell. Let's go back and look at his but, well, Hold on one second. No one took them seriously. How <laughs> I, about that? No, I disagree. I would disagree with you. I, I would say he was actually uh, had been nominated for awards at this point. Uh, he was what, a Razzie? The Flamingo Kid, The Outsiders, Rumblefish, Tex, uh, My Bodyguard, Singles, The Same for those were all in like the super there's early 90s about, or 80s. There's something about Mary, In and Out. These are all before Wild Things. Yeah, I know. He was a huge star. Oh, I wouldn't say he was huge. Dude, you weren't there. Trust me. He was a I huge was star. I was there. I was alive. You were a child. I know you've always been like ever being. You were a child. You were a child. <laughs> That's why you saw you have the to clips be- of VHS. You have to believe me, Matt Dillon was a big deal. Kevin Bacon was a big deal, had been in a lot of big things. I mean, you have no idea how big Footloose was. Sure. Footloose and I finally was- saw Footloose. I was like, eh, I don't get it. Oh, but you don't know how big of a deal it was. Sure. But that was like the 80s. Yeah, okay. But nonetheless, it was a huge deal. Like he was ah. a, he was a icon. Uh-huh. You know, and had been in no end of really big films, including some really great cult stuff like Diner, if you've ever seen that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Diner's a great fucking movie. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely an icon, although I'd say like his biggest stuff came after this. But either yeah. way, this was kind of a big deal to anyone. Everybody knew who these guys were. Like every every yeah, yeah. every I, average person knew the name Kevin Bacon and the name Matt Dillon. They did. And see, now it's funny because even if I talk about it now, beyond like film crazy people like us, it's like if you talk to anyone like, oh, you know Matt Dillon? They're like, uh, like Bob Dillon? I'm like, well, no. no pretty like, far off. There's, but, a, there's a division like when you get to like Generation Y, it's just like, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So, it's like something know. about Mary. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that classic movie? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am old. Yeah. But Wild Things was really kind of a a minor big deal when it came out. Like right. People talked about it a lot. It was a big deal. Critics argued about it. It was one of those like, is this good or is it just trash? trash. Yeah, yeah. And I think that what it is is it's just perfect trash it's perfect trash it, it it's one of the the few movies that i've seen where it knows what it's doing and it does it extremely well and when we say that like i kind of liked it or i think it's like a good movie i i also going in with like the pretext is like okay well i i know what this is it is just like it's it feels like a perfectly made like pulpy penny novel yeah on screen and like it has all the twists and turns and it has double like uh backstabs and double backstabs and triple and quadruple and qu- quintuple uh like all these different things where they're going back and forth and like all these uh from the director of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer right <laughs> which is very strange uh and but it has this like just just seeping with just sweats and sexiness it's super and, fucking sexy and no it's question. and it's sleazy as christ oh so sleazy christ was sleazy by the way it reminds me of a if you've ever read i don't know if you've ever read any uh like a uh, detective stuff uh from the last 
like 30 years, but Carl Hyacin, who was a guy who just mm-hmm. wrote stuff based in Florida, like wrote sort of like comedy oh, like stuff, but like, okay. a, a, like a light comedy mixed with stuff, but they're always super sexy. Anyway, upshot plot is Matt Dillon plays Sam Lombardo. He is a uh, high school guidance counselor. Uh, and teacher. Yeah, and right? teacher. Yeah. And everybody loves him in the school. Everybody's like, oh my God, he's so great. Like all the neighborhood ladies are like, mm, damn. Ooh, Matt Dillon. I mean, Bob Dillon. Wait, who is he again? Most of the high school students are like, girls are like, oh, damn. I'm sorry. Okay. This is why I knew I liked this movie right out of the gates. Is that the the whole move the the very beginning of the movie, the first shot is uh, overseeing the entire town. And yeah. it's all a very, like, it's a very... Uh, uh, affluent, like you know, part of Florida, whatever it is, yeah. and uh, but also and, has its not so affluent parts of it, right? The the trailer park portion, and uh, and so it goes into the school, the setting where all this is like set up, and it's this like um this conference, but or not a con, it's just like a, a class meeting of all the the students and the 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 teachers and the the principal and everything, and it's like, hey, you guys have met it, made it, all, school's almost over, but bef- the first line. Out of this movie, I'm like, yes. Uh, didn't so you follow Denise Richards uh, with one of her friends. They sit in the front row, and she's wearing the she's. It's not even a skirt. It's basically just like a piece of cloth, yeah. like covering her thigh. Yeah, she wore a Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> so and she sits down in the front row, so she can like basically eye fuck the shit out of Matt da- Matt Dillon, Matt Damon, and uh, a little later, a little later. <laughs> he would have been like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then um. Uh, this, this punk guy who has, he doesn't even say anything. He just sits right next to her and just like starts to lean in on her. And then the first line of the fucking movie, she just looks at him and is like, fuck off. And I'm like, got it. I know what this movie is now and I kind of like it. Yeah, you're like, okay, this got kind of a Heather's vibe going totally. on. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not totally because it's not that. The Heather's is very indie film. This is not. This mm-hmm. is definitely going for more of the sort of sleaze factor of basic instinct type stuff, but mixed with the high school movie. Yeah. You know? But anyway, so like he is well beloved. It starts, he's like giving a lecture about sexual harassment in school. And Sex stuff. crimes. And like the the uh uh, Kevin Bacon is the cop they've called in along with the, his like uh, assistant or assistant, no, no, uh, assistant partner, partner, partner. Yeah, to come in and, and talk as well like oh bring them in everyone like boos and boo because it's like high school in the 90s like sex crimes Ooh, what's a sex crime not getting like, laid I'd like to br- yeah exactly uh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly but it's clear that like this girl like Denise are just gonna have sex with this guy it's like oh I'm gonna fuck him Man, I've and never she, seen someone lay on that like I'm going to fuck you so hard. Yeah. Like there's points when she's like, "Hey, can we?" They were like doing a, you know, a fundraiser for the school or whatever the hell we're doing, and um, and it's like, "Can we wash your car?" And of course, it's just like, "Oh my god, all this water are all over our breasts." Yeah, the only thing what missing is like Aerosmith in the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like okay. Dream Weaver, but like. <laughs> She tells her friend, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go in. I'll, like, I'm sorry. I don't, I can't find the thing. We are supposed to have a ticket to give you, like, a, 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 as, like, an exchange. Oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll go in and look for it. And they're like, that's fine. And these are just tells her friend. She's like, no, go. I got this. It's fine. She's just like, fuck off. And the next thing you know, is like, she's leaving the house and like her shirt, like, you can tell her shirt's all messed up and she's like crying and leaving. You're like, yeah. okay, this is going to be this type of film. And yeah. you worry because this was made in the, the 90s. You're like, uh oh. Where are we going? This is a concern 
up to a certain point. For some people, this is going to be a deal breaker for this film. Uh-huh. But I will say that this movie, you know, goes into a whole like, oh, she's like this guy. He raped me. And getting into that, and yes. then another student who doesn't get along at all, and we see pointedly before this with this character, Nev Campbell, Susie Toller, who's like, you know, on the other side of the tracks, punk rock girl, yeah, is like, he raped me too. This happened as well. Yeah. And this goes into a whole court case against him with, yay, Bill Murray is like a sleazy lawyer who's defending Matt Dillon. A, a fantastic extended cameo in a way yeah. where it's He's like, a lot but yeah it still feels like an extended game yeah yeah it's great and he uh he constantly has like a a neck brace on it's like uh just like these lawyers are trying to follow me right now and and, like matt (laughs) dillon's like no one's taking my case fuck i have to go with you i guess and he's he's the he's the proto better call saul and uh and i okay there's a the, the whole court scene like because the first like 45 minutes of the movie is like leading up to this I was like wait is because i then tried to think about I was like wait a minute is this what the wild things is about because yeah, yeah. i thought they were gonna bang later you thought this is a trial movie right? yeah and it, like, it, i didn't know this was a trial movie yeah and like it is not it is not yeah. uh well but but that trial scene I was kind of like, holy shit, this is really well written and yeah. like, and fun and interesting. This in a movie is never not fun and interesting. Exactly. <laughs> and like, and it ends in a crazy way. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And so that's about as far as we can tell you without ruining anything. Cause for you. the double crosses and everything that happen after that, I'm just like, oh, double, mm. triple, quadruple, quintuple, quintuple. There's like, so many twists in this movie. Yes. It's just insane. There's no way. That's part of why the whole idea of like, yes, I'll, I'll just say this much. Like the accusations of rape here are not what they appear. Uh-huh. And by today's standards, certainly there, there are going to be people who are going to go like, uh, this isn't okay to take this lightly because this sort of stuff really happens. But watch the whole fucking movie. Right. Because uh, I was watching this going like, ah, oh, geez, man, this is hard by this is hard by today's standards. But by the end, you're just like, this is glorious. <laughs> like, it really does like reward you heavily for like anything you might be feeling like that by the end of the you know, film. You know, what I would say is like anyone who deserves to get their comeuppance gets it. That's what the one thing the movie does well. Just like, okay, you didn't cop out and do something bullshit. Yeah. And, and I know for how, like, it's like, we just want to see Denise Reacher's boobs. And like, and you do. And a you, lot. you do Holy a lot. Shit. And it's <laughs> crazy. Uh, because with Teresa the, Russell as her mom, who was a sex queen kind of before her. Right. Then, right. And know? she's new too, yeah. which is crazy. But like, uh, I, I did enjoy, and like I, I read a lot about this movie afterwards because I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah, you liked it, and you were like, "Wanted to know more." Yeah, I wanted to know more about this, and I read that it was like they everyone kind of gave it their all in this movie too. It was not like some half-ass bullshit, like you know, boob movie where no. they're just like, "Yeah, no, I'm just gonna like show my boobs, and that's about it." I'm like, no, like Denise Richards like did this and she was actually contracted to show one boob. Uh, and then she was like, well, ah, fuck it. And Nev Campbell wanted to do it, but the makers behind Party of Five, uh, were like, no, you cannot get nude for this movie because this will taint your image and all these kind of things. Yeah. Cause she was like, no, well, that's not she was fair. Later she did. And I forget what it was. I forget it what was it was. another too. movie where she was like famously went yeah. like, full nude for it. But uh, I liked how that, uh, 
it felt like that the actors actually got what they were making this like pulpy crazy movie totally it was definitely in the wake of like quentin tarantino at, like, in it the sounds 90s. like from everything i've seen about this that everyone knew exactly what they were doing yes and was like oh okay everybody was being very communicative communicative about what this was yes and oh this is fun yeah uh, and and uh, and you feel that yeah. even like with some of like the one of the most intense characters is kevin bacon because yeah. like throughout the film you're just like man he is the most assholey asshole cop i've ever yeah. seen and then I, you I see what the, happens with him and you're like what i love that about him that he's just like this cop that you think like the movie sets you up for like this is going to be the good guy, the hero. And as it goes along, you're and like, he's such oh, an this asshole. guy is such a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and I kind like, and that's the one thing I'll say about this movie. I kind of loved watch. I didn't love every character, but I loved watching them. Yeah, yeah. Like they're so much fun. And I, I'm, I'm going to say it's kind of a blast. So Roger Ebert has a great quote where he says, it was lurid trash with a plot so twisted they're still explaining it during the closing titles. It's which like, they do. Which we'll get into. It's like a three-way collision between a soft-core sex film, a soap opera, and a B-grade noir. I liked it. <laughs> and that's just it. You're like, this is such trash. It's amazing. Because it's, I, I know that uh, Robert, Roger Ebert you know, wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Beyond the Valley and, uh, and he had like oddly trashy taste every yep. now and then. Yeah, yeah. And this seems like this is the movie that he wished he wrote yes i genuinely think that. agreed yeah all right so that's just it let me be clear i think that i've read some reviews that degraded the fact that during the credits there there's like explanation scenes but i think it's fucking brilliant it's like, the only time I, I was i thought it was so audacious it was such a neat idea of like all right so this is a huge twist film and if you had included those scenes in the context of what you were like of the continuity of the film, the film wouldn't have worked because you would have already known what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. They went and filmed the things that nobody I've never seen anyone else do this yeah. with their like, here's the scenes you didn't see now that you know what actually happened. Yeah. You know how it unfolded. Now, how here's how each of those other twists unfolded That's or like so occurred. Fucking cool. It's oddly. <laughs> I, okay, I do, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know I can't 100 percent tell if it is fantastic that they did that or stupid. But the thing is, the fact it that works. it has me it has it me questioning it. it I'm works. just like it, it works for me. Yeah, I I, I can't argue against it. It it's, did it, and I was like, okay. Like you like you guys are like oh post credit scenes. These are some of the best post credit scenes of yeah. all time. I, I hope Kevin Feige watches this. It's like fuck the wild Maybe thing has nothing that. us. Same with like, like <laughs> Black Widow actually fucks the Hulk. Well, no, just, and just like, oh fuck, wow. How did they like uh I don't know. It's it's so crazy. If, if you wanna this is Arrow putting this out, like thank you, Arrow. Thank you. I can't yeah. believe that nobody else was like, maybe we should re-release this. I'm like, wow. did y'all all forget about this great trash film? It's perfect. Uh, there is the original theatrical version, which, come on, let's face it, you're not watching that. Oh, I totally watched unrated. Yeah, the unrated version is the one to watch. Which also, I don't know what would have been unrated, or like rated. It was like, what did they not show in the rated I assume, version? I assume the uh, theatrical version had slightly less nudity. I don't know. I got no idea because like, I was kind of, I was clutching my pearls it's at like a few It's like seven points. minutes different or something, so it's oh, a lot. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, but there's commentary by uh, the director, uh, the 
and then uh, with Stephen A. Jones and the commentary by uh, by him and the crew, with the cinematographer, producer, uh, editor, and score composer. There's an interview with John McNaughton for 26 minutes where he actually kind of. <laughs> I watched that one. He's kind of like, oh, it's been a while. I don't know. Oh, you did not want to talk about it? I don't know. No, he's just like, he's doing his best. He's just kind of trying. It what feels like he's he trying done? to remember. Uh, we Didn't we just talk about this? Oh, Henry Portrait of Serial Killer. Is oh, that, that, the that, one that, I'm that. always like, oh, I love it. But uh, he did The Borrower, Mad Dog and Glory. Did you ever see that one? Oh, the Bill Murray uh, uh, Uma Thurman. movie. Uma yeah. Thurman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, there is interview with Denise Richards for 14 minutes. Uh, on-set <laughs> interviews, archival featurette with candid footage. Uh, an understanding <laughs> lawyer outtakes, which is literally 27 seconds of like barely any difference with bill murray like set pieces but they're fun oh. they actually are funny they're like oh i didn't see that part like, oh these are just slightly I, different i wonder what the, the the interview with denise richards was it was basically this movie equally made broke and made my career yeah probably so She's yeah like, that's how i got the james bond gig and that did not work out well for me right yeah. <laughs> you could argue that james bond actually ruined her career but uh this movie is like oh okay uh like it's but you know you know here's what i think is interesting about this movie because i kind of i i think this is sort of unfair because of my um uh affinity for showgirls but like i think Weird that enough. this is the more successful version of that type of movie yeah where this 100%. is like this this the showgirls is, is awful i okay uh <laughs> but i think this is this gets across what showgirls was trying to do the same kind of feel whereas like as this is like oh well this was generally like a twisty turny movie and, and interesting showgirls, and showgirls has was nowhere just, to go well showgirls also just played its cards too much like yeah. it just you you show them so much in that movie where like well you're trying to do a character study which we all know what we're here for and this is like you know what we're here for but also let's make it sort of this interesting a, and a, fun characters a pulpy fun twist movie yeah that just never stops twisting no it, it just, doesn't every time you think every time in this movie you think like okay well i guess this is where it is now no nope. like like it's no. not until literally the end last, it's not even then last two minutes there's another twist coming yeah. and you're like there's been like six twists for the last 20 minutes before this oh my god i, I will say the only thing that really holds this movie back is that the title i'm just like wow things it's it's seriously it's like it's not a great it's not a great title, and it feels like the the studio came in like, "What do you want to call it?" Like, wild things. <laughs> it is great though. I, like, like I said, please, if you're like, I mean, you're like me. You're like uh, a little uncomfortable with the idea of someone like the whole like claiming rape, and maybe that's not the case. Push past that. But that's the. the- that's the point. Push. That is the point. Yeah. There's nothing here that is genuinely offensive with dealing with the idea of someone doing that right you know it's push they, past do, they it. do it because for a reason because they know the the uh, audacity of the claim Everything. and then also that the, like they know where they can get when you, uh, you get just, you, the, honestly you just got to watch the movie you're like it, like, it makes end, sense you'll be like this worked it works. It, it works it it's, actually oddly works i hope there's a whole new generation of people who are going to watch this movie who are going to be like oh my god well how come no one ever told me about this movie <laughs> 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 this movie think, is so again, much fun. Everyone knows this, except just those couple of minutes. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so our next one is another Arrow release, which is their re-release of 12 Monkeys, now on 4K, the Terry Gilliam film inspired by the 1962 short film La Jete. Yeah. This particular version starring Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, and very famously Brad Pitt, who I felt like a, this was the moment in his career for Brad Pitt. where he Everyone went, raised their glasses where, down like, wait a minute, where he, he can act. Where, yeah, he went from like, uh, good looking guy in movies to like, holy shit, dude. I think he got nominated for an award for this, right? I think he had a best supporting actor for Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a pretty astonishing performance by him and honestly by everyone in this film. Yeah. I know people who think this is Gilliam's best film. I think it's. I do one, not think that. I think it's one of his best films. I think that. Yeah, I mean, if you had to pick three, this would be in my top three. Yeah, yeah, it's like Twelve Monkeys, Brazil, and uh, Fear and Loathing. Yeah, yeah, those would be. Mine I think there's as well. like a solid, just like okay, like These it's the, it's the safest bets, and like if you want to get a sense of who he is and uh, the the subjects that he likes in the way that he films things for sure. Oh, sure. Those are the three like primary examples of like of who he is and like everything from Monty Python, the way that he did cartoons and yeah. like the uh, surrealism that he would like to do everything from tie and bandits to everything else. Barry yeah. Moonchausen, and you're like, oh, okay. Although a lot of those films early on that he was deeply involved with, with Python were actually directed by Terry Jones. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I, for a long time I was like, oh, that's a Gilliam film. No, it wasn't. No. Terry Jones film. Terry Jones. Different Terry. Terry. Different Terry. They just like got confused. <laughs> anyway, so this film uh, is a post-apocalyptic, pre-apocalyptic film <laughs> with time travel. Time travel, baby. God, have you guys seriously not seen 12 Monkeys at this point? I mean, seriously. They made a goddamn TV show it's, of all things. It's actually a pretty good TV show. I wanted to check it out because yeah. I've heard nothing but really good things it's about it. It's a pretty it. good show. I never finished it because I heard it didn't really finish, but you know. Oh, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, I know. But what I saw was good. All right, so... What we know in the future in 2035, the distant year, uh, James Cole, played by Bruce Willis, is a prisoner living in an underground compound beneath Philadelphia. Uh, he is chosen in a very Brazilish type universe, mm-hmm. like with a lot of those like big magnifying glass type of like things going around and futures type stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, oh, the scientists are like, okay, here's the deal. That we need to send someone. We figured out time travel. We're not great at it, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's. Uh, it feels like uh, the the Stephen King novel, the uh, eleven twenty three, nineteen sixty three. We're not like, great at it. Yeah, we're not great at it. But like, we'll send you in the past, and you'll kind of get there. Hopefully, you'll get in the right. Hopefully, place. You get in the right place. So, like, we, we if you volunteer, and he does, so yes, I'll do it to go back and do this. And they talk about even early on, like it's gonna fuck with your brain. It's gonna fuck you with your uh, awareness of reality. Yeah. Like it's, this is not going to be easy, but we're going to do the best we can. Cause we have other agents back there as well. Right. Uh, but the, so they're like, all right, we'll send you back here because we want to get before the virus is released. We cannot stop the virus from ever happening, but we can, f- the goal is to find the people who are, actually put it out so we can find the like patient zero version of the virus yeah and then in the future because we have that we can fix it and hopefully like minimize better yeah yeah you know uh, fix it uh so but unfortunately he evolves he goes back in uh about four years earlier than planned uh he meets 
uh, he gets because he's like kind of crazy by today by any standard in there, and like gets put in a insane asylum. He meets Jeffrey, played by Brad Pitt, in a, uh, a mental institution, who is a very serious uh, anti corporatist and anti uh, pro environmentalist whose father is a super rich who is played pro- by Christopher Plummer. Yeah, uh, and uh, he. Everything goes kind of sideways there, but then he just disappears through that. But his psychiatrist is played by Madeline Stowe, who is, you know, doesn't really believe him. But here's the thing. When he comes back again years later, she's like, wait a minute, what? There's like a a sort of acclamation of clues and things Mm -hmm. he said to her where she starts to actually go, oh, shit. Like he abducts her when he reappears. But then she starts to go fuck this might actually be real this guy might be for real what's yeah. going on anyway it's a whole like we as an audience know that yes this is the future that's happening is it will this stop this and there's this reoccurring th- th- um, theme of a uh, dream that he keeps having of a little kid in the airport watching this somebody getting shot right that, that is core to this all right so i don't want to say more than that if you haven't actually seen this this is I think a straight up masterpiece of a film. I've watched it probably nine times by now. Yeah. Uh, I really, really love this film. Uh, I think it is, I think it's even more relevant today than it was when it came out in many ways. And definitely now more than ever. I mean, it feels like we're living in the darkest timeline right now. Right. So <laughs> I, I think what I, I love about this and I actually, so instead of this is the first film that I've watched uh, for digital noise where I, I've seen this movie a ton of times before yeah. too. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen this with a commentary. And oh, could, you actually watch with the commentary. I uh, watched watch with the commentary. And it was him and his producer. Yeah, Charles Rovin. And, and so it was very interesting. And, uh, it, it was interesting at points, but then also I was like, oh yeah, Terry Gilliam, I forgot. And, uh, cause he, he, he likes to talk about anything. He's like, it's just, it's a constant of just talking about like the one, the production, which I was, uh, fond of of how like really lo-fi this movie was made it was kind of like a lot of it was very slapdash and they were talking yeah. about like little little portions like would you yeah. be surprised because nothing about this feels half-assed it doesn't feel half-assed at all and they were talking about like how well it was all put together with the uh the, the editing and like just like had great people behind them and he talks about how like look i could be very difficult to work with yeah. but like i was very pleased with how everyone put forth like a hundred percent effort and it was really cool how you know they everyone dealt with me and even the producers like yeah and uh and it was just interesting how they uh put it all together but then you know <laughs> i you forget about how even in um in big budget ish movies even though this wasn't like terribly big budget no, but for a terry gilliam movie um, it was like holy shit bruce willis and brad pitt nothing like, about this doesn't look big budget no and the fact that for him though to get this across and to actually do this because he was actually more of a, a director for hire for this he didn't oh, yeah. do the script it was the first time i think that he had just flat out said oh okay yeah he's I'll like he it. thought this was interesting i'll do this yeah. and like they they talked about that and he, he, uh, the, they, they knew that they were taking, they, they were taking a gamble on so many things. And, uh, like one, the story, which was, you know, out of this world, kind of crazy. They were taking a gamble on Terry Gilliam, who is known for just doing weird shit. Yeah. But what saved it was Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt and Madeline Stowe. And then, I mean, at this the, point, Brad Pitt was still an unknown quality. 
yeah. Friday. You know, I mean, yeah. he was like, Brad Pitt hadn't had his big hit yet. He I was mean, in, he did it like Legends of the Fall. And True Romance. And True Romance. Yeah. And it's like, but, well, he, I guess he did just do Seven, because uh, that was before yes, this. Yes, but it hadn't come out yet. Right, right. Yeah. So they, th- this was, all of this was a, just an odd, like, lightning in a sort of a bottle because I, I do like this. I, I do love this movie a lot and I do see its flaws. And I, what I appreciate about watching the movie with commentary is that they see the flaws as well. I think that they were like, this is the best that we could do with what we had at the time and like what we were doing with the actors and like also still trying to figure out like what the story was halfway through the production. I don't see any flaws. And it will, but it was, but it was interesting (laughs) of what they were talking about um, is that, they were like rehearsing and then they, they change scenes on yeah. the fly. And it, it's what a, I love about watching accident movie, it was a happy accident movie. One. And I, I, that's what I love about like watching commentary or watching movies with the commentary, definitely with a director like Terry Gilliam, who is unadulteratedly honest about what he talks about with anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes too much, sometimes too much. And with this is that like, here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And I, I appreciate what, what we got across. And he'd also, he throws mad shade at like he doesn't outright call out Ridley Scott, but he thinks that people who pull out put out like director's cuts like years later, yeah, it's yeah. like he thinks it's horseshit. Which is ironic because this came out after Brazil, and yeah, you're like, right, uh, right. Uh, I know, yeah, yeah. You were literally the definition of a of major pro high profile director's <laughs> cut coming out. So <laughs> I call bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. You may have been the guy who broke the the fucking like the dam open for directors and just because you were that loud about like, yeah. no! uh, so I'm like, this feels like nonsense. Yeah. And if you, you don't want to watch the commentary, there actually is a feature length, which is the third time I've watched this documentary, Jesus. The, the hamster factor and other tales of 12 monkeys. Oh yeah. They talked about that too, uh, which is just the, the, all of that is included in there. Like, and it's fucking fascinating. It's really, really the, the interesting. The details in this movie is insane. Like, it, like it's it's on the level the of pro- Brazil. The production details alone. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy for how much like crap they put in there because it it feels like a production designer's like dream of just yeah. like what else can I put in this? And this is like a you know kind of a double tap for uh, Arrow because they put this out on Blu-ray last year. And it's exactly the same bonus features mm-hmm. from that one, but it's now in 4K and it is an upgrade. I don't think it's a spectacular upgrade because they did a great job the first time around. But it's you know, I mean, if you want the best possible copy, here it you looked go. pretty good. Like yeah. the the transfer, uh, it's we talked about this last time. It was like it's one of the better 4K transfers I've seen in a little while. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like Frankenstein. The last time we saw that I was like. Well, fuck, this actually looks pretty goddamn good. And yeah. in this, it looks pretty fucking good. Well, our last film is a new film. Oh, my God. Looks we're pretty fucking release, good. Which is Jackass Forever. Okay. All right. So is this the... It's the fourth Jackass film. All right. Full confession. I don't even know why I like the Jackass films. But why? God damn it, I do. I I'm do. sorry. I grew up... I've liked almost all age. the Jackass films. Wait, hold on. I grew up in an age when Jackass came out on MTV. I'm I was too like, good for this. You're too old for this. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm the perfect <laughs> age for it. I like this stuff. And I was like... I'd watch it and go, like, even with the first Jackass film, I'm like, I shouldn't like this. Did you watch the TV show? Yes. I 
loved it. I thought it was so funny. Dude, it was really great. funny. It was and, great. But I was like, this is so low, low brow. And these guys feel like guys I would not get along with in real life. I'd be like, I would oh. be afraid to be their friends. Cause yeah. they, all they would want to do is either like, not, not, it's like, it's like the type of friends you've seen in like where they tap you in the balls kind of thing. Yeah. No, they're going to electrocute you in the Dude, balls. I knew guys just like this who yes. were my friends. And I was just like, they were the friends who were like, you go over there. Yeah. I'm going to go over here. Yeah. I know what parties not to go to. Yeah. That like, you're I'm going to talk about Star Trek and you just want to hit each other. Yeah. I'm uh, but I feel like, I feel like these guys actually would like that stuff as well. Yeah. But there's also a certain point of like, these guys are now really old. Yeah. Including like, uh, the Spike Jones, who was one of the big the, original producers. Can yeah. Spike Jones, the guy who directed amazing art films, like being John Malkovich is like, yeah, but I do all the. He started all with like the, the skater shit, like yeah. the, uh, dirt, I think was the, uh, the, the skater magazine that he started with. And then he did all the Beastie Boys music videos yeah, and so all that kind of shit. Amazing, amazing shit in his yeah. career. Yeah. I mean, this whole like you forget like jackass has pedigree behind this, whole, this this is the episode of the simpsons where homer makes a fucking movie about a guy being hit in the balls you remember yeah <laughs> no he doesn't make that he's it's it's hans molman hans molman is like yeah. it's like man getting hit in with football yeah like ah <laughs> yeah this is that and it, then george has got oh my groin it's a long-running series and here's the thing we're just simple humans there's a point that you go, this is either for you or it's not. And these movies, I own all of them. I own every single Jackass movie. I don't go back and rewatch them regularly or anything. No, because they like, can be kind of intense. Yeah, they're a little much. At points, they're like so much that you feel nauseous. But it's, it's like, more when they get like, like actually the, the hardest scene in the, like, also it's Jackass. I, I don't know what we would be spoiling. It's just like, there's it's, no plot. Yeah. It's just like them doing bits and like uh, getting hurt and shit. Uh, but the, the one that it kind of made, my skin crawl was um when they were doing the, and it's actually a pretty clever bit where they you know they have to hurt themselves by but they have to like they're playing mimes and then steve-o does this like guillotine skateboard thing yeah. where the skateboard has to fall on his shins in a guillotine and that right there i was like oh uh, like just backed up, was like, uh, and he actually does a yelp, and he loses. Uh, the, the question is, how does this is this separated in any real way from the others? And it is in some ways in which that this feels there's newer like people in it. There's a lot of new younger people that are brought into it who get the bulk of the the stuff. Yeah, here. I mean, like the classic guys get some of the most painful, horrible shit. No yeah. question. Like full credit. Knoxville, Steve-O, they're like, the stuff that everybody else is like, fuck that. They go, okay. J- Johnny Knoxville, like when he gets hit by the bull and then you hear the, which is the, this, the audio of which him is, just like out, uh, which, like a light. Which is a cu- uh, callback to the original Jackass. You, right. They're like, they did that in the original one. This one, it's like, he may not live. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he, they, they're like filming on him. He's like, yeah, he was like, "Oh my god, he is like almost dead." I mean, Steve-O does the most impressive bit where he has uh, they pour like fucking shit all over his dick and balls. Oh, bees with bees, and there's oh, an extended bit with like bees just covering him. They're just stinging him, and he's just sitting there taking. I'm like, it, does this sound like this is basically exploitation film, but for comedy? Like yeah. these guys are like. 
know exactly what they're doing. They know what they signed up for and they're willing. So is it exploitation film? I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. And, but it's still equally hilarious. And it's like, and it has oddly, uh, funny enough, it, I remember even the TV show Brad Pitt was on it too. Yeah. And, um, but it, there's more dick in this movie than in any of the other previous. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, well, that, that, that doesn't bother me. Like, so, no, me neither. I'm just saying be prepared by a sizable margin. Well, actually, it's uh, the first scene is the, yeah. the Godzilla dick thing. I mean, there's so much dick in this. Yeah. It's, yeah the it's, first scene is like Godzilla attacking a city, but it's just one of the guy's dicks. Chris Pontius' dick. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. wow, this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's really immature and childish. No question. And it's just like a series of like, and now we did this, and now we did this, and now, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is Dick Smash. I mean, it's just stuff like that. Oh my God, that thing? It just Jesus depends Christ. on how much you want to see something like that. And if you've never seen a Jackass film, you should see at least one of them. Cause, and with friends, cause they really are fun they they i but this is out of all a, these movies i laugh the most i mean the, tokyo decadence i laughed quite laughed a bit so hard i laughed that. so oh, hard that. but jackass forever i was like this Close is second. called asian smash uh, <laughs> i th- these are still really funny movies just because of the personalities you know, behind I, them i feel like i just kind of at this point watching this one though was like i've already seen three of these and all the show and i'm also much older and now i'm at this point like i just feel sad kind of do you still feel sad i felt kind of sad watching i was just like watching like knoxville and steve-o do the shit still i'm like you know i i know that y'all don't have like massive acting talent or anything but i kind of felt sad you're still having to do this for a paycheck and i'm just like old enough at this point like yeah we've been through this this is that this is like turning on south park now I, i'm, just I'm like, also yeah this is like was funny as shit 10 years ago but now it's just kind of like uh y'all are pushing too hard yeah but also like it's still solid yeah there's i it's think still so- like just the same with south park i don't watch south park anymore nothing, but it's like it's still solid nothing wrong with it it's just like i felt like I'm done. I've seen this already. Well, what There's is not what, a lot new to offer here. Okay. What, it, what it insinuates with like the newer characters is, or the newer people that are doing the stunts mm-hmm. is like, so are they're carrying the torch because it, like, it's the same kind of thing that Marvel's going through right now. It's like, Oh, you, mm-hmm. you, you think we want to see all these new people doing this stuff? Like Maybe so. we were cool with Robert Downey Jr. But now like, uh-uh. um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I thought it was still really fun. If, it felt like a warm blanket, even though it's like, it's a very intense, just like stunts warm, and shit. Piss covered blanket. Piss covered blanket. And there's a, you know, a certain amount of like guest stars, like Machine Gun Kelly, Tyler, the creator, people like that. Eric, uh, Eric, Eric Andre. Andre yeah. You know, who, who show up in this, uh, including like a bunch of cameos in the opening sequence. Um, but oh, Tony Hawk. Yeah. 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 Tony Hawk one made me laugh. Yeah. But, like, you know, I mean, Either this is for you or it's not. And even then, like I said, I've liked all these. And this one, I was like, enough. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they already released 4.5 yeah, I on, know. on Netflix. I know. Yeah, which I honestly, I kind of want to watch. Well, the Blu-ray comes with a shit ton of like, like they all the fucking uh, sets for the previous movies do. Like, And here's another 30 or 40 minutes of 
other stuff you didn't see of uh-huh. sketches that we didn't include. So if you want even more at the end, there is more and a reason to buy it for that. But this, this has know. to be an editor's nightmare. We're just like, what do you include? Because it's. I still love the one guy. My favorite character from all Jackass is the one guy who's the cameraman who just vomits every time he gets too heavy. Oh, he's like, yeah. He's been yeah. in all of them. Oh, he's great. <laughs> and he's like one of the first ones here where he's like. <laughs> it's so funny. Love him. Yeah. Poor I lo- guy. It's so funny. I This this is like seeing old friends getting back together and, uh, and doing the same shtick where like you're seeing them a little older and like they realize it at the same time. And, uh, and even seeing John Knoxville, which he, I, I don't know what it is about this guy, but like his charisma is just, he's very charismatic. He's no so charismatic and so funny and great. And he's just having a great time, which in the end, it feels like, wow, they really are all our friends. And like they genuinely love each other. Away. They're friends I would have had in college, no question. <laughs> but all those guys stopped doing that. But that being said, whenever I look up on Facebook, those guys, same guys that I knew that would be like the jackass guys back then, now I'm are like, dead. oh, y'all are so pathetic and boring. <laughs> I kind of wish you were still doing jackass shit. All right. What's the pick of the week? Um, I think it's wild things. I don't know. Ooh. I think it's wild things. I think it's a major discovery for a lot of people that maybe ne- never have seen it. It's filled with b- great bonus features. <laughs> filled with great boobs. Uh, it is. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Denise Richards in her prime was like, oh my it's, God. It's, it's uh, kind of a toss up between wild things and 12 monkeys because more of like the 12 monkeys that I, I got to watch with the commentary. But the fact that I watched wild things for the first time all the way through, I'll, I'll give 12 monkeys the, downer note here because it's just a double dip it's like it's the 4k but all the bonus features are the same ones that came out sure okay less than a year ago wild things is a brand new set and it's got lots of good bonus features on it i might have to get to wild things you're gonna get to wild things wild things wild things uh it's uh pretty 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 good good. pretty Pretty good good. it's pretty bad good it's pretty bad good sometimes we do that you're a neutral noise we're like yeah i'm not saying this is the greatest movie ever made it's certainly not a better movie than 12 monkeys i mean uh, primutos uh, is right there next to them uh, okay okay okay. anyway you know where you know where to go you know which (laughs) buttons to click this has been digital noise thank you right thank you chris you're welcome you're welcome yeah thanks thanks no thank you no thank you no thank you god damn it are we gonna end this i'm gonna take my shirt off oh god here we go you want to get in the pool wow things